Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I know you're listening. Here is some driving <laughs> advice for you, okay? That's what you need to do next time this happens. You've heard it here first. And Lewis, if you want, we do. We can do some more one-to-one coaching. <laughs> like, just hit me up. <laughs> I'm Fabian Volvend, and you're listening to Cut to the Race podcast. Hello and welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. Uh, we've got some wonderful people with us today. On the panel, we have Emma. How are you? I'm fine, Ollie. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. We have uh, Callum. How are you? I'm good. Cheers, mate. Looking forward to this one. I think it'll be a very good one. I think so too. And we have a fabulous guest today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much. I'm Fabienne Wolvent. I'm a W Series driver. And we also have Anne hiding in the background. So hello, Anne from W Series. She is here with us, but she's not talking. Um, I had to give you a special mention. So Fabienne, for the people who don't know who you are, can you just give us a little uh, a little overview? I'm from Liechtenstein and I'm a professional race car driver. This year, my main focus is W Series. It's going very well so far. I also do quite some endurance racing and yeah, most of you might know I did Fry Challenge the last two, three years. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my background. Um, I also did uh, a lot of endurance in Nürburgring this year, including the 24 hour of Nürburgring, which was yeah a real highlight of my career. And now of course, very busy with uh, W Series and yeah, so you are a real, you're an experienced driver in um, in GT cars, as you just said. So racing in the Ferrari Challenge, the Audi TT Sport Cup as well, which is amazing. But how does the single seater racing that you're you're doing in W Series compare to GT racing? Yeah, I mean, I did karting um, as a kid, and then I did one year of Formula Four before, yeah, jumping into the GT world with the Audi TT Cup uh, and then, of course, Ferrari Challenge, a very po- powerful car. It's hard going back into a single-seater uh, like the F3 car. But yeah, in 2019, I did like a lot of like switching back and forth from Formula to Ferrari Challenge, which was yeah quite a challenge, I would say, because yeah, just the driving styles are so different. 
Of course, the Formula car, a lot of downforce, very fast corner speed. In the Ferrari Challenge, completely different, very fast on a straight line, heavy braking, and you really have to wait until you rotate the car completely and then you can go flat out. Otherwise, you're just going to yeah spin around. And yeah, of course, this year it's been a bit easier for me. I did some endurance in the beginning of the season and now I really said I want to focus on W Series uh, for at least for now uh, until the summer break. We'll see after the summer break. I might have some surprises coming up, uh, which I can't mention yet, but yeah, hopefully soon. Oh, well, what do you mean you can't tell us yet? That's, that's, <laughs> oh, come on. Um, Obviously, so you've just mentioned the, the difference between the two cars. So you've got a, a W Series car, which is a, a, a it's a, a driving machine, especially for racing. Obviously, single seater. You're looking about give or take. Correct me if I'm wrong. And about 270 horsepower, but an, but absolutely an aerodynamic beast. But then you've got a Ferrari, which I believe the ones you race are about what 600 and something, 670 horsepower, if I'm right. Um, yeah. which, which one do you get in and go? Yes, this is why I'm a racing driver. <laughs> I would say both. I mean, I really like to race both cars. Of course, in the Fry Challenge, you get a lot of power. You can do like some door-to-door racing, which, yeah, in the F3 is a little bit more cautious, difficult to do. But yeah, it's like the F3 is a real race car. Like you can go so fast into a corner, like coming from a GD racing style is like you can't believe how fast you really can get into the corner how much downforce it has how much it sticks to the tarmac so yeah i think both of them either way they're amazing race cars and they're so much fun to to drive fast obviously you've raced in the tt court you're racing the ferrari challenge and you're racing in w series currently you've already done quite a bit in your career what is the ultimate goal for you in your career? Like, what is the one series you look at and think, wow, that is, that is, for me, once I've been in that, I've made it. What What is that series for you? Well, I think in racing, of course, as a seven-year-old, I found like an old friendship book and there was like um, dream job uh, for me. It was Formula One world champion, not just Formula One driver, it was world champion. And of course, by the years, you get a little bit more realistic for me, racing is my passion. It's what I love to do. It's what I'm living for. So yeah, I reached my goal now or my first goal now with not having to bring financial funds for me to race. Um, but yeah, the next step would be that I really like getting money for, for my racing. So I would say the next goal is to get like a works contract to get like a regular income because yeah, for every athlete, I think that's the main thing everyone is struggling with to have like a yeah regular income every month. And serious wise, of course, now we're racing with Formula One. It's like a little bit closer than it, it used to be. Um, I would say, yeah, anything in like Formula Racing would be amazing. Um, I would also like to do like DTM. Um, I would also mention endurance is one thing I really want to do in my career. Um, I started now with the 24 hour of Nürburgring. So the goal is next year to get like a faster car. Goal would be to do it in a GD3. Um, this weekend, Le Mans is coming up. So that's definitely a race. I want to be uh, on a grid one day. And America is also on top of my list. So IndyCar, if you have a seat, call me. 
<laughs> so, um, as you've just mentioned, you did your first 24-hour race, I believe it was about two months ago now. Um, how, how did that challenge compare to a normal race? Because obviously, the, the, these 24-hour races, you, it, it's, it's an endurance race. There, there is no stopping here. How did you find that compared to you know, a half-hour sprint race, for example? Yeah, it was a real challenge for me. It was, of course, my first 24-hour race. I didn't really know what to expect. And then on the Nürburgring Nordschleife, I would say one of the most challenging tracks around the world. And then, of course, crazy conditions. Um, first time I jumped into the car, my teammate told me, slick tar is going to be fine. And I drove out the first two sectors were like plain wet. So, yeah, it was quite an experience. Um, good fun. Of course, we were a little bit unlucky with the interruption because of the fog in the night. But, yeah, it was for me so, so weird to be nervous. I didn't do the starts. It was so weird. I was so nervous, even though I wasn't the one in the car. So now I think I know a bit how my parents are feeling when I'm racing, kind of. So you've been racing in W Series since 2019 in the inaugural season. Um, So what has W Series done for your career in terms of your learning, your progression and your goals uh, so far through into 2021? Yeah, W Series has been the biggest opportunity in in my racing career. Um, I'm a qualified banker. I was working full-time as a banker in 2019 and W Series made my dream come true to turn professional. Um, It finally gave me, um, yeah, like kind of the safety, financial safety with the price money and finally gave me enough courage to to quit my job and to live my dream full-time and yeah, so far it was really good. Um, my focus fully onto racing also transferred into better results. And I think it's just the beginning um, now. So yeah, W Series, I'm really thankful that I applied back in the day. If, if we're talking better results, I did some research, as we always do. Um, but over a quarter, in fact, 34.8% of your races that you've ever done you have been on the podium. I mean, if that is not a good professional racing record, then what is? I mean, tell me, you've got to be proud of that one, right? Well, I didn't know that, so thanks Ka-ching. for the statistics. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can't complain. Um, it's been going really well the, the past few years, way better than I imagined. And, yeah, um, I don't really know what to say. So... I'm going to ask you a bit of a difficult question here. How long do you think it is before we see a woman or a, fem- or a female driver in Formula One? Give me two Realistically. seasons. <laughs> two or three seasons. I hope so. I genuinely hope so. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That would be no. Amazing. No, I really believe um, women can be fast in racing. Of course, we have a physical disadvantage. We have to work hard in the gym. We have to, yeah, maybe prove a little bit more. And But yeah, W Series, we're creating role models. I really hope that the little girls watching our races on a Saturday afternoon and yeah, tell their dads, I want to be a racing driver. And of course, if I would have this support when I was like 15, 16, um, that would have been just so much easier. Um, so yeah, I really think realistically, yeah, I would say five to 10 years until we really see the first 
woman kicking in Formula One. So just to touch on that as well, like you, um, you've just touched upon how it, it, you might, you know, you think that it could be five to 10 years that a, a woman could, uh, the next Formula One driver could be a woman. Um, but what do you think are the, the barriers that has stopped women getting into that level, getting into the pinnacle of motorsport? A lot of people have got a lot of different opinions about this. It, it's down to sort of the physical aspect of it or it's down to the mental aspect of it. But what do you see as, as being the, the the main barrier, shall we say, as, as a woman getting into to Formula One? Well, so for me, I would say my biggest barrier was uh, financially, of course, um, education. Coming from a country like Liechtenstein, I never had any financial backing or like a, a school that was willing to support me with racing. I always had to like have certain grades to be able to skip school. So I was mostly like on the way to and from the racetracks I was studying um, with my dad in like our motorhome driving. Um, so I think, yeah, for every athlete, I think it's so important to have like a plan B. Mine was, of course, finishing school, finishing my banking. So I have something in case I fail with it. So I would say one important thing would be that we can get like education and the sport together so we can really focus more on the sport without worrying too much about our future. And then, of course, financially, I mean, it's so heartbreaking that our sports is just so crazy expensive. Like it's even in karting, like it's not available for everyone because the parents just don't have the time and the money because racing, let's be honest, it's so time consuming. I mean, I spend more or less every race, every weekend on a racetrack somewhere in Europe. And I mean, my dad still worked full time and kind of like skipped the days as well. So I would say it would be really important to have like this kind of, yeah, kind of like the there's also from a younger age to support the kids like already in carding days to to push the girls to to get to that level and then yeah financially like the more you test the better you become and the easier it also gets to yeah get better and better so i would say it's it's down to combining those those things so talking about your current uh, championship going back to w series for a moment um, you've you've had 10 races, three of them are podiums, and Silverstone was your, I believe it was Silverstone, the second highest uh, finish where we interviewed you after. And I just couldn't understand it because you were still so happy after that race, right? And that was your race. All the way through, I was thinking, yes, she's got it. Yes, 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 yes. And then obviously things happen. But how do you how do you stay so happy after something like that? Just just explain. <laughs> So many people told me that. I was like, what should I do crying on a podium? Like, it's my better, best finish <laughs> ever in W Series. And I know it was, I was so proud of my start because in 2019, that was really my weak point. I really struggled with starts and that's something I really worked on. And now I finally nailed it. And of course, without a safety car, I think without a safety car, I would have won the race. But yeah. Things are how they are. Uh, I made a mistake. I was locking the brakes. Alice was there in the right time. So yeah, fair play to her. And 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm a really happy person. I really like the yellow sunshine. I'm always happy, bubbly and everything. So yeah, I think that's just me. I can't hide my my happiness. And I don't know, finishing second, of course, you're the first loser, especially after leading almost all the, all the race uh, along. But yeah, I mean, for me, it just felt wrong not to be happy because I crossed the line and I knew I impressed so many people. I've shown my performance. I've shown my great start and racing skills. And of course, mistakes happen. It was a bad mistake, but yeah, I'm not gonna cry just because of one mistake. Half of our team did, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd have cried, 100%. (laughs) Um, So obviously, like Silverstone... There's some great circuits on the calendar this year for W Series. Arguably, I think they've got a better draw than Formula 2 and Formula 3, in my opinion. So, which is the circuit you're looking forward to the most out of this season, or have you already been there? Well, I would say my favourite circuit is just hanging behind you. You guys, I know it's a podcast, you can't see it, but it's Spa. Um, Spa is a track I have yeah, a lot of good memories from. I've won there before in Ferrari Challenge. And yeah, I just really know, I just love high speed tracks. A lot of like altitude changes are my thing. And yeah, so I'm really looking forward to, to Spa in just two weeks time. We're also at the halfway point in the season. So it's four, we've got four races to go and currently you're sitting sixth in the standings. But the the difference in the, the you know, the, the points gap between all the drivers is so, so close just now. Believe it or not, you're actually, I mean, you probably already know this because you've probably been looking at it, but you're only three points off of third in the standings. Um, you're level on points with Irina Sidorkova. She is like a wonder kid in the car. Um, but do you see that third place at the end of the season being achievable for you? Yeah, uh, definitely. Of course, P6, halfway mark, only three points behind third place I think that's the goal um believe it or not so many people reminded me if I wouldn't have done the mistake in Silverstone I would be P3 by now but life is how it is so I'm gonna make up for it in in the yeah last four races that we have left and yeah I really used the summer break well I've trained a lot been a lot on my simulator that you can you guys see in the background so yeah I feel feel ready for for the rest of the season to kick back that's what it is in the background. I've been sitting here wondering the whole time what that was, and I can see a bench press on one side, and now I know it's a simulator on the other side. So is this is this the room where all the magic happens then? Yeah, this is really, It's here's my office where I'm sitting in the background. There's my racing simulator, and here are my little home gym. My home gym, to be fair, was mainly in COVID times when I couldn't go to, to my normal gym. Um, so yeah. I'm not using this anymore. I'm going to to my gym. But yeah, this is where I spend most of my my day. It's pretty beautiful. Um, I have like the sheets down because yeah, it's super sunny and hot. Otherwise, I have like a nice mountain view of the Liechtenstein and Swiss mountains. So yeah, it could be worse, I guess. Yeah, it could be. Looking out my window, it's raining and I'm in Manchester. So um, yes, it could be. Um, No offence to anyone listening in Manchester. Um, (laughs) But let's go. Let's go back to the beginning. What actually got you into racing? So, when you were a kid, what was it that that, that stood out to you? 
Well, I was always the, the crazy kid. I always loved everything, fast, adrenaline, dangerous. So yeah, I actually wanted a pony when I was like six years old. And yeah, then my dad is a real racing fan. Uh, he never had yeah, the possibilities or the funds to do anything by himself. But he bought my big brother, Raphael, a uh, go-kart. And they kind of forced me to try it. And I did a couple of laps, opened the wiser. I was like, Dad, I want a go-kart. So for my seventh birthday, I got a go-kart as a present. And from there on, I, I knew that I want to be professional. And yeah, it was a lot of teachers or people around us telling us it's not possible. It's just a waste of time and money, but it was our family hobby. My dad was our mechanic, me and my brother driving, mom looking after us. And it was just amazing. So I wouldn't change my, my childhood for, for anything. I wish my daughter would do the exact same thing because all she wants is a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Me trying to get her into a go-kart is one of the most difficult things on this earth. It's <laughs> trying to get her into a go-kart. She looks at one and then she goes, no, I just want a unicorn. And I'm going, please just get in it. Because I know she will really, really love it if she gets in it. But she just really doesn't like going anywhere near the speed that a go-kart does. So that's that's really difficult to get her in a go-kart. But you've obviously, racing in W Series, it's encouraged a lot of, of young girls and women to, to get into motorsport in various different ways, you know, into driving or whether it's, you know, into media, into marketing, etc. Do you see yourself as that role model for, you know, women and, and young girls to get into the sport? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been fantastic. And of course, in the beginning, you were not so aware that you're a role model now. But I just received uh, after Silverstone, like the cutest message on Instagram, because um, like this guy approached me with his little sister and she was like maybe nine years old. And she she was like so amazed by everything, seeing us racing. And they asked me for any advice, um, how they could get into it or how they could start. And I basically told them, well, just go to a rental carding place, try it out if you like the speed and everything. And they just dropped me a message with some pictures that they went to a rental carding track. And now that she really want to become uh, a professional racing driver, a W Series driver in the future. And yeah, it's just, I was really sitting there like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And of course, also my, my country, Liechtenstein, I get recognized more and more and all like my, my friends and their, their kids, they're like so amazed by it. So yeah, I think really have to take this job serious because yeah, little kids are watching us and they're looking up to us. So yeah, it's, it's a real honor to, to be here and to, to change the face of, of motorsport. <laughs> Holly nearly interrupted me there. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were seven years old and you first got into a go-kart and you started racing, who was the driver that you looked up to the most? Who was the driver you thought, I want to be that person? I want to drive like that person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I never really had like a, like a hero or something. Of course, me growing up, I'm a complete Ferrari fan. My, my heart beats for Ferrari. Uh, of course, Michael Schumacher was the one driver back winning races in a Ferrari. So of course I was 
yeah, inspired by him. Um, otherwise, my my dad, he never raced anything um, like championship wise. He's just a fast driver, and he was always with me, kind of as my my coach, my mechanic, just to be to be here with me. So I would say those two. So you've had. Um like every racing driver, you have your ups and your downs. That's uh, that's a given. You put good days and your bad days. The only difference is you smile through them all. However, um, you had a very, very big, almost life-changing crash uh, a couple of years ago. And you actually posted it onto your Twitter. Um, so I, I have seen it, but it, it's absolutely terrifying. For the people that haven't, if you've got a, a, a strong stomach, watch it. But... Um, how did that affect you? Because this was, it was at the Nürburgring, wasn't it? Um, and the car flipped and you went into the barrier. As a racing driver, when you next get in that car, what do you think to yourself? Because you've seen what's possible. You can see what can go wrong. How do you, how do you get through that? Yeah, of course, that was, the crash was indeed one week before the Brands Hatch final in W Series. Mm. Um I did a Nürburgring endurance race in a BMW and it was raining in the, in the beginning. It dried up and yeah, I just lost the car in a very fast corner in just before Schwedenkreuz. And yeah, when I touched the grass, I knew I'm going to hit the barrier. There's no out of it. And I indeed, I hit the barrier with 180 kilometers per hour and of course because of I came so fast I flipped over six times until I was standing still and yeah of course it, it was the first big crash in my my career since I started racing at seven and yeah of course I'm not trying to do that again but it, funny enough the first question in the ambulance car was is my helmet okay and the lady thought I'm like completely insane, but I was like, I need that helmet next weekend. And she was like, well, we first have to get you checked because of course, because of the big hit, they were afraid that I broke my shoulder or collarbone. And, but yeah, I got checked and released from the hospital. I spent three days with my trainer and physio to yeah, get me moving. And again, they take me back together and yeah, Thursday after the, the crash, I flew to London for my yeah, for the Brands Hatch finale. And honestly, I never doubted that I gonna have that it's gonna affect me in yeah while racing. But you never know until you race again. And I remember I was in Brands Hatch, and my engineer told me leave a gap so you can have like some free laps in in the practice. It was like no. I have to overtake, like I need to race now and I need to overtake cars. And I was completely fine. I was really proud of my yeah, mental strength and yeah, just to overcome that crash like this. And also I didn't go back to the Notch Life in 2020. I was back this year. And even like the first time I drove through that corner, it wasn't in the back of my mind, like never. It was like still going as nothing happened and I think that's that's something I can really be be proud of obviously you've got the simulator behind you do you do a lot of sim work before your races so for example you, you say that um obviously you crashed at the Nürburgring and you went back there this year did you do a lot of sim work around the Nürburgring do you think that maybe mentally prepared you for that do you think if you hadn't have done the sim work and then got straight back on it and went through that corner you might have felt a little bit differently 
Yeah, of course, the, the SIM helps a lot. And I think it's one of the most important tools we have because, yeah, racing on track is just so limited and way too expensive. So, yeah. I spent a lot of time in the in the sim, especially during winter, to to learn all the new tracks, doing some races. A lot of them I've done last year. Um, we did the online W Series Championship. I've done the Porsche Super Cup online. So yeah, quite some experience in sim racing. So yeah, I think it helped me a lot. Also, especially Nordschleife, it's impossible to learn the track by just driving in real life. So you really have to be well prepared. And also, yeah, after a crash, I've went back and forth on the sim and yeah, it of course uh, helped me. So with W Series supporting Formula One this year, do you get the chance to actually properly watch the races at the track? Are you in the grandstands or are you in the pit lane? What, how are you watching F1 this year? Yeah, it's been really cool. Of course, I've been fo following Formula One basically all my life long. And before W Series, I just went to one race, uh, one Formula One race in Hockenheim like four or five years ago. So yeah, I've been very ex exciting. Unfortunately, being on the same weekend with F1 also means missing a lot of it. Like we're already sitting in the car at the qualifying and I always ask my engineer like for like the standings. And the race, it's, it depends on our schedule and also flight schedule. Some of them we were able to watch live on, on the track. Um, but yeah, some I already had to go back to the airport and watched it like on the way or in a restaurant or something. So yeah, I hope like Spa for sure we're going to stay because we're directly going to, to Sanford afterwards. And Sanford, I really also want to watch because I think it's going to be a, a cool race, cool location. So, yeah, hopefully I can stay for that one as well. Were you able to watch um, when you were at Silverstone? Did you see the incident between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton? You probably know what I'm going to ask. Right. <laughs> can we not? Can, can we not? Ca Callum yeah. is a huge Max Verstappen fan. Right. And that Ollie is, is the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan I know. I'm... Out of the argument on this one because I'm a Daniel Ricciardo fan, so that you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> the worst, the worst thing about the whole crash was the fact that I was sat at Stowe, so I didn't even see much. <laughs> you didn't see a thing. Oh no! No, I didn't see so a thing. Sad. So I'm just sat there watching a screen, thinking well, yeah, this is going to be mint, and then it all. But then the goat comes around, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but as a racing driver, like, what is your genuine opinion on that incident? I'm, I'm quite curious to know. Well, I haven't seen the crash live because I was at the track in the morning for some interviews after my podium. But yeah, I wanted to see the start. But yeah, they said I really have to leave because otherwise I could miss my plane. So yeah, I basically watched it when I was in the airport because so many messages all over and I was like, what's happening? And yeah, as a racing driver, it's it's tough. It's a really tough one. Uh, it's a super fast corner, super dangerous corner. So I really believe if both of them would have respected each other, they would have made it through without contact. And it was the beginning of the race. So I think if that was W Series, us girls would have thought through it a bit more and the crash wouldn't have happened. Um, I don't want to say that we're racing um less hard but i really believe this as a female that we're racing more like with our head 
like thinking through um, also in Silverstone um, at my start, like Alice and me were like sideways or like next to each other almost until turn four. And we always given each other enough space to just survive. So yeah, coming to, to the Lewis and Max situation, of course, I think where Lewis hit Max, he was like, normally they say if you're like two third in front, that it's your to make the corner and he really hit it like in the middle. So it's really borderline. So I would, I would blame both. I have so, to. Okay. So, okay. You said if it was W series, it, it probably wouldn't have happened. I've got a question. Um, Forgive me, this is a really awful question, but I'm going to ask anyway. If, it, if Silverstone hypothetically was the last race in W Series for the championship, you level on points with your, with your um, championship rival, would you make that move on the final lap if you were me, Lewis Hamilton? On that corner? <laughs> no, I, I would have waited until turn... 15 the the one before the hairpin because even if I, I mess it up I could go wide and then I could still make it turn last turn second last turn and last turn okay so, so Lewis Hamilton uh, I know you're listening here is some driving <laughs> advice for you okay that's what you need to do next time this happens you've heard it here first and Lewis, if you want, we do we can do some more one to one coaching. <laughs> like, just hit me up. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so, okay, because sticking with F one, who is your favourite driver on the grid then, or the current grid? Well, I mean, as I said, my heartbeat for Ferrari. I'm a real Ferrari fan. Um, driver wise, oh, that's a tough one. Um, driver wise, I'm I would say I'm really between Lando and George. I like that. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite, no, it's quite a new. It, like our team is quite diverse. We all have our favourites. We we do have a massive Ferrari fan in our team. You know, Matt, if you're listening. He's a huge Ferrari fan, um, and he's a big Vettel fan as well. But um, we, we've got a couple of younger, um, you know, younger team members at the Nerds who, who are, well, we've got to mention Dan, the Bottas fan, obviously. Um, <laughs> he's a huge, huge Bottas fan, but, um, yeah, George Russell, he is a fan favorite. And, um, do you think he's going to get the Mercedes seat next year? I really hope so. I'm really like... George, I, I like, he's such a good driver and I think he really deserves like a Mercedes C to just really show his potential. I was like so gutted when he had like the puncture and I like, couldn't get the win. Um, same in Hungara ring, it was so heartbreaking. Like once he didn't start like, yeah, in front of his teammate and everything. And yeah, so I really hope he he deserves it. Also, his his big sister Cara, he, she used to work for W Series, and she's a really good friend of mine. So yeah, the entire family is like really really nice. Both British drivers, love it. Um, <laughs> good. Okay, so um, obviously it is the battle between Red Bull and Mercedes this year. Um, who do you think is going to take it at this stage? Well, if we ask Paris, he already said Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> that Very was true. so hilarious. Um, it's so tough. Um, I think, of course, now Mercedes is a bit ahead. Like, 
championship, like manufacturer-wise, definitely Mercedes, I would say, because they just have the stronger package with like two of the drivers. Apart from that, I mean, it would be a real change if Max would would get the championship. And as I said, I'm really a Michael Schumacher fan by heart, so I kind of want not want him to, to beat Michael's record, kind of. Um, even though Lewis, of course, he's like an amazing driver, he really showed strengths in like situations that you any other driver would just given up which I kind of like see myself a bit because like I'm this really happy person that never gives up until it's like, really, you have to give up. So yeah, fair play for that. We don't really see much of that sort of rivalry that we see in Formula One and W Series. I mean, I've, I've been in the W Series paddock and it's everyone is such great friends. Um, but can you ever imagine what it might be like if, if it actually ever got to that stage? I can't because I, you know, I've seen the relationship between everybody in the W Series paddock. All the drivers are, you know, there's so much respect for each other. Um, so, you know, why why do you think that it, I don't think it would ever get to that stage in W Series, you know, would, would you, would, is that something that you would agree with? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm so surprised how well everything is going especially off the track with so many girls. I'm not going to lie. I had my doubts signing up to W Series because, of course, growing up in, like, motorsport, you're so used to be surrounded by men. Like, I was more or less always the only girl on the grid, the only girl in the team. And, like, you know, so suddenly so many girls working together. But I believe we have, like, a really similar background. A lot of us kind of grew up in the, in the man's world and... Most of us are not the girly kind of girls. So I think that's why we we really get along. And I really must say, like, I got so many good friends out of W Series. Like a lot of the drivers and stuff I'm I'm speaking to on a regular basis and also trying to meet up now in like summer break or in winter breaks. So yeah, of course, on track, it's a different story. You don't have friends on track while racing, but off track. I really hope that that they it stays uh, like this. Okay, so we always do a little segment for a bit of fun on the podcast, and it's called the Motorsport Time Machine. Now, have you ever seen the film called Back to the Future? Mm, not no. sure, but maybe okay. it's just have a different title in German, <laughs> about, so I never really. It's about, sure, it's about sure. time travel, and okay, you know, they they have a car and they go back in forwards in time or backwards in time, wherever they want to go. And this is basically what you're going to do now. Um, so my question to you is, if you could go to any era of motorsport to do anything, so whether you wanted to be a driver, a commentator, just to watch a race or to be at an event, at any point in time, forwards or backwards, where would you go and why? For example, and to give you an example, because it's, it's quite a horrible not a horrible question, but a difficult question to answer. So I always say that I would go to Le Mans in 1966 and race against Ken Miles. Uh, that would be where I would go. So where would you go and why? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, with Formula One, if you really watch like the legend, like Senna, Lauda, Hunt area, um, that would be so amazing because it was just so much more and you could be so much more yourself 
as a racing driver than you have than you can be now because now it's always you have to be politically correct you're like so media braved and you have to be like this athlete you have to be good looking because you have to do so much marketing and stuff so I think back in the day was a little bit easier because it was more about the talent apart more than like being like the whole package um but yeah it was also super dangerous so I'm not sure if I wanted to do my Nürburgring car crash with like that kind of car. So yeah, but I think it would be really good fun to, to race like them. I respect that. That's a good answer. <laughs> Are you happy with that answer, Cal? Cause you quite often you say, Oh, I agree. I don't disagree. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it, but you know, like for example, Louise Goodman straight up said, yeah, I would go to a party with James Hunt. She had nothing to do with going to the races. She had nothing to do with driving. She was just like, I'd go to a party with James Hunt. <laughs> well, you can't disagree with that. It must be yeah. so much fun. But maybe nowadays you could ask Kimmy to go on a party. Maybe that would be like kind of maybe same level. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. We, we have heard about Daniel Ricciardo swinging off um, ceilings in Monaco, haven't we, as well on this show. So uh, I think I would go yeah. there. Um, I definitely would go there. Oh, you definitely would, Emma, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I lived in Australia for quite a bit. I did the language stay there. So, yeah, I mean, Ricardo, he's really like Aussie love. So, yeah, it was such so sad. Last time in Hungary, uh, in Hungary we had like this, this party on Saturday evening and apparently it was in the hotel which Ricardo stayed and some of the girls met him and I was late, so I didn't. Why yeah. were you late? How could you miss that? Why could you yeah. make Daniel Ricardo? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, because I, I tried to look beautiful after a race and so it took me longer. So I missed Ricardo while looking good. That's even worse. Yeah. So. There are no words for this. There are no words. No. <laughs> Emma's life has just crumbled. <laughs> Literally. Wow. See, this is why I could probably go to the F1 paddock, but I probably wouldn't be allowed in the McLaren garage. <laughs> Well, it's, but the problem is like, even now on track walks and stuff, you, you see Formula One drivers, like I've, I've seen Alonso, I've seen Latifi, I've seen, yeah, like so many, but I'm always like, I can't do this fangirl and just like approach them and ask for a selfie. Like I never ask anyone for a selfie up to now. So even I flew home from Hungary in the same plane as Vettel. And I recognized him. And, and I also think that like he he knew that I recognized him. And then I, in the bus, he basically, we really catched eye contact. And I was just like, congratulations. I said it in Germany, just smiled and said, thank you. And I was, I was wearing the W Series backpack. So I think he, he recognized me because in 2017, I also did the TT Cup with his little brother, Fabian. So, yeah, but I was too... Yeah, too afraid to ask for a selfie. That's that's a fangirl moment right there, like when you're yeah. too afraid to ask. But you're racing in the Wii series and you're too afraid to ask. Like, I think I would just crumble in that situation. We do have fa fangirl and boy moments on this podcast as well, we Emma, do, don't we? we? Do. When we uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I'm just, especially when you see them like on a track work and stuff, like you're kind of working. They're also like working. So you don't want to like just run away from your engineer for a selfie with like Alonso or something. So, and also on a plane, like 
of course, I was just like in my Puma traveling clothes and he was also wearing like a hoodie and like a cap. So he did, really didn't want to get recognized. And I thought if I ask for a selfie now, like the entire plane got to just like kind of run and like, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do this to him. Next time, I mean, just stay litter pick- picking at Silverstone afterwards, right? That's yeah. the way to, to, to chill with Vettel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, got a, I've got a better solution for you. All you Let do is you go, you go up to the driver and you say, oh my God, my mum is such a big fan of you. Could I get a <laughs> selfie with you for my mum? That way they think, oh yeah, this girl's mum really loves me, I'll do it. And then it's off you and then you can just talk to them like normal. That's what I'd do. I'd say, oh, oh yeah, my friend, I'd say my friend Ollie's a really big fan of you, do you mind if we get a <laughs> selfie? That's like when you ask for an autograph and they sign it to them, right? (laughs) I'm too Fabienne. I'm named after. I could be named after my mom. No. There you go. There you go. There we go. Listen, it's it. You've learned a lot of things from us today. Even Lewis Hamilton has learned a lot of stuff from this show. (laughs) It's incredible that we provide such a service. how can people who, who want to follow your career, watch you race, um, follow your socials, where can they find out more about you? Uh, well, on this podcast here. And, and then, of course, uh, social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. So, yeah, just give me a follow. I always post about pre and after races, where to watch, when to watch. And, yeah, I'm trying to give you some... Also insights in into my life here in the mountains in Liechtenstein with my cat chip and yeah so yeah just try and give me a follow and I keep you updated. Do you have a leopard yet? Sorry. Do you have a leopard yet? A cheetah? Oh God, I got it wrong. Your favorite animal is a cheetah, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Ollie. Yeah, that's God. true. Well, I still stick to my little cat, but he looks like a little white tiger we call him so yeah but he's still very small and cuddly so where did you get that from then my achita is my i'm actually quite curious ollie where you found that the official w series website www.wseries.com is where i got it from (laughs) it's on there okay Um, well that's that's so true though like it's really my favorite and my best friend sabrina is on a safari at the moment and she couldn't find a cheetah yet so i told her she's not allowed to come home before she sent me a video and a picture of a cheetah Callum, is something yeah. tickling you there mate something made you laugh yeah i mean we, we agreed like I, I banter ollie quite a lot and he said right please don't banter me in front of fab <laughs> I was like, right, I won't, I'll, I'll, you know, I won't, I'll be good, I promise. And he's just done it to himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crofty really last week. Me. Yeah, it, it, this is what this podcast is about. Um, but uh, thank you very much for joining the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, once you've won the W Series Championship, will you come back and talk to us? Of course. So I guess I see you guys in the end of October. Yeah, we'll book it in now. See you in the end of October. That's also my birthday, so bring some presents. <laughs> yeah, that's good because my birthday is just a weekend after the finals. So I hope we're in Mexico celebrating then. <laughs> that's that's really funny because I'm going to Mexico in October. That's very strange. <laughs> you just completely threw me. Um, awesome. See you there. <laughs> 7th um, November in Mexico. All right, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, good. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you to Emma for joining the show. Thanks. I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been a great interview. Love it. Yeah, I've been thrown completely there. Uh, Cal, yeah. thank you. Thank you. And make sure if you get a selfie, 
I want to see it on your Instagram, and I want credit for that because I have shown you the way to get the selfie. Now. <laughs> so I, I want That's proof. Good. It will say two Callum. <laughs> If you meet Daniel Ricardo, I will, I will go. My friend Callum wants a selfie with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, no, that's I, good. I could give you my Daniel Ricardo hat, and if you meet him, my friend Emma from Formula Nairs, <laughs> she wants a selfie. Well, we can all do that, so maybe oh, yeah. I can give like get comfortable now to ask them so thank you so much for having me it was really great fun and yeah this hour just flew by as we would be racing so yeah can't wait to catch up with you guys soon and yeah have fun listening and watching thank you very much goodbye Podcast Network.